you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast, an NFL podcast for the players, by the players. Here is your host, 14-year NFL veteran and Hall of Famer, Aeneas Williams. As we celebrate the NFL's 100th season, a series of roundtables were conducted around the 2018 postseason consistent of a staggering array of NFL greats. These roundtables talked about the NFL's past glory, its present stars, and its promising future. Let's listen in. Well, guys, 100th anniversary NFL season. We're here at the table with some amazing individuals. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to be here. It's very nice to be invited for a fat boy from Idaho. (laughs) (laughs) As the youngest guy here, it's just really... 100 years of history of the NFL, just to, to actually be here is just kind of just great. And just to be here with you guys is wonderful. For me, I grew up as a fan of the game first. And, you know, my dad played in the league, and my older brother. And to be sitting here is very humbling. I think of each of you guys with such great respect. It's a cool accomplishment to think about all the different games that you've watched and was a part of, and as a kid, all the guys you emulated. But then to sit here with all the guys that have went before you and the greats, it's, it's an honor. It's an honor to be, able to, to be able to say you're part of this group. You know, Jonathan mentioned he's the youngest guy. So you have younger guys and then kind of move up, but then you have guys that really built the game. 
you know, Jerry, who played for Vince Lombardi. And for me, it's a thrill to hear perspectives on every era and how the t game has changed. That's uh, it's pretty cool to, to be here with you guys. I'm talking to Will a little bit earlier, and I asked him, did you really want to be a lineman? <laughs> I mean, did anybody want to be a lineman? I, yeah. I want to be a kicker. <laughs> did, you, did you? Straight on kicker. Tom yeah. Dempsey. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Dempsey? Yeah. Well, I wanted to be a fullback. And I told my high school coach that I wanted to play fullback. My older brother was a running back, and he said, well, we have a fullback, but we don't have very many tackles. <laughs> so if you want to play fullback, you'll probably sit on the bench. But if you want to play tackle, you can probably start. Who wants Pretty to sit on the bench? I will give it a try, you know? Yeah. yeah, so I decided to be a tackle. And it worked out well for me. There was some joy and some excitement and some fun, but mostly it was just hard work. Being an offensive lineman, you could have hung your <laughs> picture in the post office and got more attention. Yeah. Quite frankly, I wanted to be a quarterback. <laughs> I started playing quarterback flag football when I was eight years old and played through eighth grade, and that's all I ever played was quarterback. So I get to high school, first time I put the pads on as a freshman, I run over you know, to the quarterbacks, and the coach says, uh, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm gonna be your quarterback. He goes, no, you're not. That first day, I'm kind of like, you know, this is unbelievable, I want to be a quarterback. But being like one of the biggest kids on campus, the second day, I'm thinking, this coach knows what he's doing. I, I kind of like this, you know. <laughs> I think I first thought about being a lineman because my dad played college at Howard University. I grew up in Washington, D.C. And so he was a defensive lineman, so I kind of wanted to be like him, you know, a little bit. So I wanted to play defense. But also growing up in D.C. in the 80s, that's when the Redskins had the Hogs, Lachey, Jacoby, Grimm, and, you know, and that's kind of when it was vogue to be like a lineman, offensive lineman. So I was like, you know what, maybe one day, I, you know, maybe I could be a Hog one day. <laughs> it wouldn't be bad, you know, because I, 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 was, I was starting to grow and be bigger than the other guys. And, you know, my high school coach said, you know what, Jonathan, right now you're bigger than all the Hogs, you know? I was like, <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> Yeah, I've always been a lineman, all the way from when I was little, all the way till, you know, through my whole career. Enjoyed it, loved it. Um, now, when we played pickup games, I was always a tight end or something like that. You know, I was like, I said I was a, a little man trapped in a big man's body. I got a question. Who set the tone for you in the NFL as far as when you were there as a sort of a wake-up call? I definitely remember my welcome to the NFL moment. I was, <laughs> it was my, my rookie year, obviously, I was playing guard and we're playing the Green Bay Packers in the preseason. Me and Steve Everett, the center, we have a combo block up to the linebacker, and it's Gilbert Brown, Big oh, Gilbert. Big Gilbert. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, let me just boom, boom, I'm thinking about how we did it in practice, kept up hard. I hit him, and Steve slips off. Gilbert gets his hand under my shoulder. I've never been thrown backwards <laughs> on my back, one yard in the backfield. He tackles the running back and does the grave digger standing over my head. Like, <laughs> It's the preseason. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I guess for me it was um, two of the first five weeks in the league I played against Leroy Selman, Tampa Bay wow. Buccaneers Hall of Fame. And it was like, I'm thinking, is every week going to be this way? <laughs> and Fred Dean was another guy. Um, he was with San Diego when I first got in the league. And, of course, the team had played him. The Bengals had played him the year before, so we had video on the game. And I'm, I'm watching him, and I'm thinking, is this in fast speed. We're playing San Diego and I'm saying, he is that fast, he is that strong. So I'd say those two guys were like 
really made me focus. My big eye-opening game was we're going back to my old college stadium, the Coliseum, play the Raiders. And they have Ted Hendricks, Alzado, Howie, Greg Townsend, Millen, Lester Hayes. Uh, I mean, uh, all guys uh, 30 years and up. And it was like, oh my gosh, these are grown-ass men that we're playing against. And I was thinking, hey, some of the goodwill from college would last. <laughs> you know, mother effing me left and right. And it was like, oh my gosh. It, it, it really was a humbling experience. And I, I felt like a kid out there. My first practice, we do this Oklahoma drill, separator drill. And it goes, Shields versus Salamua. And I was like, what in the heck is a Salamua? Big Samoan guy, unbelievable player, nicest guy in the world. He'll laugh and smile at you while he throws you in the backfield, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yes. And then week two, we have the Minnesota Vikings that come in to practice against us. Henry Thomas. Uh, oh, Johnny. Johnny Randall. Is Noga still there? And they're talking uh. to each other. They're talking, you know, yelling back and forth. <laughs> and they're just clowning you. So you're going here like, oh, I'm not ready. <laughs> I, I'm definitely not ready. It's like, I got a lot of growing up to do because this is bad. This is not bad. This is terrible. Uh, but, you know, like, that was that wake-up moment of, I've got to get better. I, I mean, I, you know, I thought I was okay, but now there's a whole nother level. And it just sort of wakes you up. That was one of those moments of, like, yeah, we're, we're definitely at a whole different level. That was exactly my Artie Donovan <laughs> feeling, right? I had never seen a guy or heard of a guy or read about a guy that just stood there and shook. Just went back and forth, right? <laughs> Normally the defensive tackles, boom, bulling, bulling and coming at you. Artie would just sit there and shake wow. like a matador, right? Yeah. And I played the first half and I'm going, I don't think I touched a guy. It's amazing. The stigma placed on linemen, though, I mean, what comes to mind for the rank and file public is, you know, big fat guy who can't move. I used to hate it, our strength coach, when we would do conditioning drills. He would say, all right, skill position, you have to make it in this time. Linemen, you have to make it in this time. Like we were some sub Categories, <laughs> some species, yeah. Well, they used to post a lifting schedule and they write little skills, big guys. So I took and I erased both. I put little skills and big skills. Big skills, that's right. <laughs> you know, definitely skill players. Exactly, that's for sure. exactly. It takes a lot of skill. Well, I love to be able to control the game, yeah. and I said that was the best way for us to do that as being a lineman is be able to control what happens on play in and play out. As a running back, you depended on the line. As a quarterback, you depend on us. You are in control of what you do with that guy. The thing, too, as a kid growing up and, and being a big kid, so, oh, be careful around the smaller kids. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I notice it to this day. Like, yeah. playing offensive line was the first time that it was like, yeah, use your bigness and go yeah. and flick pain. And it was a great thing once you kind of embraced it. Well, that's key. You see, inflict pain. You know, yes. We just change it up. You know, sometimes we might not, you know, try to attack other times. So we just try to keep them off bound. But we can hit people. We can attack people. And like you said, I mean, that's the fun part of the game. So what was it like? I mean, you mentioned that you played center and guard. What was it like just being so good? Like just at every being able to play every position on the line. That jack of all trades. My dad played in the league. And he was very hands-off in terms of how we approach the game, other than you don't quit, you do what the coach said, 
and volunteer for everything. So I ended up long snapping, covering punts, doing all that type stuff. If the coach came up to me and asked me, hey, we're thinking about moving you to center or tackle or right tackle, it, it really helped round my game. I think the big thing was, like you said, watching Anthony and Richmond Webb and Munch in my own meeting room and the centers in the league, uh, Dermani Dawson, guys like that. It just, I kind of was a hybrid of all those things. I never really felt like I was that good at any of those, but I just kind of found a way. And they say, unless you play left tackle, you better be able to play every position. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, I played left tackle. Yeah. I, I wasn't in an up stance. I was on a right-handed stance. I would step with my inside <laughs> foot first, just <laughs> all backwards. Yeah. He's really being humble because I've known him since, you know, he's coming out of high school, an amazing athlete. I yeah. mean, he played baseball as well as anybody. I mean, so you, that helped out that you were a great athlete and being able to, to play all positions. And, uh, you know, so I got to see him firsthand when his freshman year in college and, and to see exactly, you know, see him come along. So uh, um, you mentioned a little bit about Jerry being a guy that uh, in his offensive lineman kind of inspired you. I know growing up in L.A., right up the, the road in Oakland, Art Shelman, I watched him, and, you know, it's just like, that's how it's done. Of course, you know, they had a pretty good line with Gene Upshaw and mm -hmm. all those guys. They were loaded. But uh, so who are some of the guys you watched when you were, you know, first started out as a lineman and wanted to emulate or be like? Well, mine would be backwards. I actually watch more defensive guys first. Okay. I really love Ed Tutal Jones and guys like that. So we watched the Dallas Cowboys and we watched linebackers and stuff like that. So I would basically emulate what they did and then convert it over offensively and go, okay, this is what counters that. And this is what counters this. And so I learned it sort of the backward size. I was backward too. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch the offensive linemen very much. I watched my defensive guys uh, to the point of exhaustion, you know, over and over and over and over. I studied them uh, a great deal. First person who I actually watched for technique was probably you and Richmond Webb, watching him block for Dan Marino. And I thought he had really quick feet. And then Jackie Slater, of course, yeah. with the whole, the little kickstep yeah. that he's got is just really unique. To, you know, you get Jackie, and I was like, what is he doing? Like, how is he doing that? So I would, you know, just take little bits and pieces from offensive play linemen if I thought it was good. I was like, well, I like the way he took that step. Let me see if I, that works for me. And, uh, you know, just piece it together like your toolbox, you know, just kind of figure out what makes you the best you. Playing with Mike Munchak, and we're Hall of Fame guard. The thing about his game, he was so violent with his hands and physical and just, you know, and I was more of a clamp and hold on for dear life type guy. And seeing Munch, every day in practice and just seeing the good things that he did just helped me grow mm -hmm. so much. Yeah. And I thought I used my hands well. I mean, he really clamped with his hands and just set a great example for me. So I got to play with Munch for 11 years. Then he got to be my coach, which wasn't <laughs> a bad deal either. Jerry, we talked about uh, your experiences playing with Coach Lombardi. Tell us about the Ice Bowl. It was our uh, quest for the third consecutive title, something that no one had ever done. So we were, it was a long and difficult year. We were about preparation. I watched three films of Dallas's previous three games, and I watched Jethro on every short yardage play. And Jethro was up every time. So I said, Coach, we can wedge Pew if we have to. What? Run that back. So he ran it back three or four times. That's right, put in a wedge on Pew. 
we got down to the one-yard line. Jethro came up just like he had the previous three weeks and got into him, and we got into the end zone. How about some other moments that you missed after you finished playing the game and that you missed uh, from the game? It was really cool. Uh, my brother Clay played in the league. If I got to give up a sack, my brother's the best guy to give it up to. But coming up to Cleveland and just seeing how much the fans appreciated and loved my brother, it was like, wow, this is really cool. And then, you know, the visiting team would warm up in the dog pound. So I'd make sure I'd, they could read my nameplate. Hey, Matthews, <laughs> man, hey, you ain't a bad guy. We love your brother. <laughs> That's great. Uh... I mean, for me, I would just say that winning the Super Bowl was that moment in my career. I was just fortunate enough to just kind of have the culmination of everything that you worked so hard for. Our defense was all world. And just to know that you accomplished something as a team, because, you know, as offensive linemen, we're all about team. You're only as strong as your weakest unit. And, you know, to accomplish something like that, that we started, was just really special. You mentioned Cleveland. We had a rookie quarterback in Boomer Esiason. It's ankle deep mud, and we're in the closed end at Cleveland Stadium, and we have to score to tie the game and go in overtime, and they call a pass play. To me, with seven seconds left, no timeout, and I'm thinking, we had a rookie head coach, thinking this guy didn't want to keep his job very long. <laughs> if I miss it, I'm going to walk home from Cleveland to Cincinnati, and we catch it, we tie it up, go into extra time, win the game. But, you know, it's, it's things like that, which we don't get a lot, you know, a lot of opportunities like that, so that was fun for me. Really, my most exciting moment, most memorable, was the 62 championship game. So we're in Yankee Stadium. Horning's hurt, and I'm kicking. And uh, I kicked the first field goal, and I'm, I'm nervous, and I'm, I'm overwhelmed, right? And I'm really struggling a little bit with everything. And so I kicked the ball, and I stayed down. And when I looked up, the ball was outside the uprights. And the referee is going like this. And I go, what's he doing? And Bart said, shut up and get off the field. <laughs> <laughs> OK. <laughs> and we got down to about two and a half minutes to go, and we were ahead like 13 to 7. And if I make that, it's a two-score game. So it cinches the game, kind of. But I aim 10 yards outside the goalpost, and the wind brings it in. And the team jumps on me and pounds me like I'm a quarterback or a running back or something like that. The team votes me the game ball, nice. which was really cool. Oh, yeah. The writers voted Nitschke the game Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> you got the game ball. I got the ball. Nice. He got the Corvette. Yeah. It's a life of alignment. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, I guess mine would be the playoff run ahead my rookie year. Um, Got an got a opportunity to have Joe Montana, Marcus Allen, you know, Derek Thomas, all those guys on one team. We went to Houston at that point where we were like 14, 21 down, and we actually ended up making a comeback in the second half. You had a center give a game-breaking speech in the middle of the game. So it's like one of those things you ever seen in a movie where a guy is sitting here and he stops and he goes, guys, we got to win. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And you go, oh, that'll never happen on a football field. <laughs> it actually happens on a football field. He nice. gave a great speech and he gave us that motivation and gave mm -hmm. us that peace. And wow, I'll never forget this moment because mm -hmm. it changed our mindset and what we wanted to do. And we ended up coming back and winning the game. And then we ended up going all the way to the championship game that year. So nowadays in today's game, who do you think are the guys who do it as well as we did it 
out there? Who are the young, up-and-comer, future Hall of Famers? Well, one guy that I'm going to miss watching, and I watched him twice a year, and he just retired, was Joe Thomas. Yeah. I mean, the guy was technically sound. I mean, he was always seemed to be in the right position. And uh, when he's healthy, Tyron Smith from the Cowboys, I enjoy watching him. Taylor Luan from the Titans is a guy that I enjoy watching. So there's, you know, there's a handful of guys that I, I try to watch when I'm home and the Bengals are on the road. So I, I still watch, still enjoy watching the linemen play, yeah. I'm very biased. Uh, there's this kid in Atlanta, Jake. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Jake Matthews. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. That's, that's right. I okay. wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. That kid's got something there. <laughs> that young kid for the Colts, Quentin Nelson. Yes. Like him a lot. I think their whole line was pretty solid yeah. all the way across yeah. the board. So those guys I like yeah. watching. But, you know, I think some of that's sort of interesting to think about is the, the transition from when you played compared to each generation yeah. and how the rules have changed. Yep. So uh, the opportunity, I, I remember learning in the in the 70s and 80s when we first did it, where we had to have our hands tucked in here and, and hold in, yeah. and yeah. you couldn't use them, yeah. to now, I mean, we can go all the way out here. Guys, I just want to say what a pleasure it is having everybody here as we wrap it up. 100th anniversary for the NFL this year, and I get a chance to to be with you guys and we get a chance to be together. So thank you. Thank you very much. You know, this is probably the first time in the 100 year period that linemen have ever got together to be on the show. <laughs> I know, and, and talk. So, and talk, that's right. So maybe, Tony, you can make it happen a couple more times in the next 100 years. <laughs> this has been the NFL Legends Podcast. To provide feedback or request a topic for discussion, email us at nfllegends at nfl.com. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 
With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com slash compatibility.